Hi, and welcome to the Man Down podcast, the podcast where we talk all things men's mental health, masculinity, vulnerability, and everything in between. From guest interviews with inspirational individuals sharing their own vulnerabilities, through to the breakdown, where we break down different types of mental health support so that you can make the most educated and best informed decision possible to get help for yourself. As Matt Haig says, man up is not a call to strength, it's a demand of weakness. And the time for man up is over. This is Man Down. I am incredibly proud to say that Man Down is brought to you in partnership with Better, a charity raising awareness around mental health and suicide prevention through a range of exciting events and initiatives. Please head over to www.better.org.uk, that's B-E-D-E-R, or find them on Instagram at better underscore UK. Hello and welcome to episode 51 of the Man Down podcast. And you are in for quite the treat. This week, I'm joined by David Chambers, who, if you're a regular listener of Man Down, you may well recognize, and his partner, Orsa Bov. Orsa is a matchmaker, a female coach, an educator, and the founder of Taylor Matched. And David is a men's dating and intimacy coach and founder of The Authentic Man. We talk about a lot. We talk about the work that goes into creating a fulfilling relationship both as individuals and as a partnership. We also talk about how to keep a relationship healthy and fulfilling, any habits and rituals that they have. And also, really interestingly, we talk about how they opened up their relationship. We talk about ethical non-monogamy, the trials and tribulations, the work that goes into cultivating a trusting and mature open relationship. This was a fascinating chat. I found it so, so interesting, and I'm sure you will too. Let us know what you think, and for now, I hope you enjoy it, and over to the episode. So, David, Orsa, thank you so much for joining me. First and foremost, how are you guys doing? How is everybody? Yeah, thank you so much for having us. It's the first official appearance as a couple, which is very um, interesting. Mm. So, thank you for creating that space. Uh, How am I? I feel... Good. Uh, I feel a little bit nervous. Uh, I think it's always good to kind of like set the scene and just be, you know, the humans that we are. But yeah, I'm very excited to to be here and also spending an hour with David around this. We're very busy, so it's sometimes hard to get one on one time. <laughs> Absolutely. But pretend I'm not here. Pretend I'm not here. <laughs> uh, David, how are you doing, mate? Well, welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to be, you know, sharing the space with you again. Um, how am I doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm feeling a bit tired. I'm feeling a bit overstimulated, spinning lots of plates, spinning lots of plates at the moment. But I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling excited and looking forward to looking forward to this and also just looking forward to the future in general. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it. And yeah, thank you guys for being here. I, I'm glad, David, I think it was you suggested to, to have you guys on together. And I think it's a brilliant idea because we are going to and <clears throat> I'll preface this by saying that I don't know what direction this is going to go in, but I know it's going to be good. So um, if you're listening, then keep listening. Um, but for people who who aren't familiar with you guys, I would have done a little bit of an intro prior to, to the episode. But if you wouldn't mind just sort of introducing the work that you do uh, and, and who you are. 
Yeah, cool. I'll go first. So um, my name is Orsa. Uh, I'm the founder of Taylor Matched, which is a matchmaking agency for the wild at heart. Uh, we call our community that because we match on overall compatibility, so life compatibility and sexual preferences. So we have the 360 degree compatibility. Uh, I'm also a matchmaker. So I'm one of the senior matchmakers within the team. And I'm also a coach. Uh, so I coach high achieving uh, women to create a deeply satisfying romantic relationship and for them to be as successful in love as they are in their career. And also an educator. So I work with um, Killing Kitchens, Fibio, Hangs, to name a few around sex education and dating and relationships. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I do. Amazing. David. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess mainly I, I work with men, a lot around helping them kind of build you know, the dating lives, sex lives and relationships that they really desire, they really long for. Um, and I work with, you know, all sorts of men inside of that, actually. And yeah, a lot of it is around building confidence, building ability to communicate, a lot, a lot around emotional intelligence and emotional expression, which is a big part of the work I do. Um, and also there's quite a lot around kind of sexual freedom, actually, helping men become more sexually free. I'm doing more and more of that work, which is quite interesting. And then, you know, like also run various events around those topics of dating relationships and sex and, and Tantra we've been running, yeah. you know, and together we've been running various workshops around kind of Tantra, intros to Tantra, intros to Tantric massage as well mm. the last year or so, which has been which has really, really beautiful, very fun, very interesting to create something together as well. Mm. I, I, yeah. This this was a question I, I didn't have planned, but what is, you know, that that process that that dynamic of working together like for you guys in in your relationship well i think it's well i can only speak for me even though we've had these conversations obviously <laughs> <laughs> feel free to add in david um i feel like it's been a process that has been kind of grown organically over time in the beginning we were probably quite you know, wary of bringing a business element into the relationship. And also I was quite wary to not have us as like a poster couple for a transformation that I've been going through and like an awakening that I had, because I feel like does it stop and start with the relationship? You know, it shouldn't, there is, you know, a lot more to that, but of course, you know, David is also a huge part of my life. And then organically, it's been like, actually, I started with coaching men and women. And then organically, I started to coach women only. And I feel it was the same for you the other way. And then it was like, hey, you know, we're doing a lot of things that are like deeply compatible. We should maybe do bring something out. And, you know, we're really embodying the, the relationship that, that we formed and that we're creating. So it's nice to be able to put that out. So now it feels very you know natural and I think in the beginning it was like she would do this for what reasons or we're doing it for the right reasons how is the relationship going to be impacted but mm -hmm. it's been a it's been a journey yeah yeah it's I think the the, the thing we have to face it with is actually before we were together we actually did an event together well I spoke at your event yeah so it wasn't so alien for us to do that but I guess in terms of what we create together especially around the tantra workshops it was really born out of what we were doing together like our what you know, was inside of our relationship. And it's quite funny how the roles in which we kind of inhibit within the creating of things, like, you know, you would probably admit that you're very about structure and time and order. And I'm like, oh, ideas, yeah, thoughts, oh, let's do this, let's try that. Yeah, yeah, we'll fine, it'll be fine. 
and like even when we do workshops it's it's i think when i do my pieces it's like i've got like one or two lines written and i just kind of like to speak quite freely whereas you will be quite structured and quite ordered in what you're doing Yes. Mm. Yeah. I'm very, love a plan, love a structure. <laughs> sounds, uh, sounds awfully familiar. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to ask two quite, um, I suppose, standard, almost dinner party type questions for those of us who remember dinner parties. But um, how long have you guys been together? And how did you meet? I love a good, you know, everybody loves a good meeting story and i'm hoping knowing you guys that we might go a little bit beyond sort of just the the nuts and bolts of the process i'd love to hear a bit of you know the background the the work that went into it and and how you guys have ended up where you are today i feel like i'm gonna start this one um how did we meet um you contacted us when i used to run the podcast with, with Anna. you contacted us through instagram and funny enough, because I used to always deal with most of the things used to come in through the DMs and speak to people. If I didn't speak to you, you had completely spoke to Ahmad. And um, it's, it's, there's a, a level of serendipity, I think the word is maybe, on our first meeting is that I was at a workshop, a five-day workshop, and I was coming, and it was a pretty heavy workshop, a lot of like shadow work, a lot of looking into your darkness. So it was like, it was a Friday afternoon, and I was going to go home. I was tired. And AJ really said to me, hey, I'm meeting this girl for like a bit of a business meeting. Like, will you come along? And I was like, ah, oh, I don't know if I can make it, mate. I'm coming from West London. I'm trying to get home. So I got on the tube somewhere around Paddington area. I thought I was getting on the district line train to take me to Mile End to change for the central line to get home. I fell asleep on the tube, which I never do. I never fall asleep on the tube. Fell asleep, woke up as at Liverpool Street. And as I was walking through Liverpool Street Station, I was like, let me just text Ahmad and see where he is. I was like, oh, whereabouts are you guys meeting? He's like, Liverpool Street. I was like, where in Liverpool Street? So Broadgate Circle. And I literally was at the, the exit for Broadgate Circle. So I said, okay, cool, I'll come out for a bit. And I came and I sat down and also was there. And I was like, oh, well, this is her. And I kind of sat down and we, you know, I feel like, I think initially I was still quite in my workshop. But there's a moment, I think I said, oh, just give me a moment. I just sat with my clothes <laughs> for a little while. Um, and then came back to the room and then we kind of just discussed what she's been up to, talked about. I think one of the funniest parts of the conversation was that you were like, so yeah, we could do these things, but you know, you kept mentioning the podcast. And at one point I was like, hey, it's cool. You're going to come on the podcast. Don't worry about that. It's cool. We can talk about other things now. <laughs> <laughs> and then we kind of discussed various like workshops around yeah. sex and intimacy that we've been to. I suggested a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you, you, you went on your way yeah or maybe there's more to it than yeah than yeah I know it was really you know through the podcast and like a business meeting and when I'm doing business I'm in business mode so like flaring out to lots of different subjects so I was like yeah cool we can talk about this to begin with but I just want to make sure I've got the spot on your podcast that's why I'm here type thing but then I you know I think AJ left and then we uh, stayed mm. and then we were just chatting for hours all about you know different communities sex parties you know workshops all sorts um and yeah and then we never stopped talking ever since and i guess it's uh you know as you as you mentioned as well with like the um, you know the work that's gone into like you know when when i met you and it's actually you know ironic in a way like five years ago when i after having a breakdown i was in therapy and i sat with my therapist and i was like 
hey, I seem to be meeting men that I'm only compatible with, like in life, we don't have any sexual chemistry or like a good love life, or I tend to have really amazing sex with men who treat me really bad. Um, I can't seem to be attracted to a healthy masculine. And she was like, and then there was a lot of work. And I was like, yeah, you know, I just can't seem to be attracted to men who speak about emotion, who drink chai tea lattes and wear purple all the time. And then it's like three years later, I was like, oh, here's the guy who drink chai tea latte, wears all the colors, speak about emotion all the time. So it's really interesting as well that it's like a lot of work and a lot of kind of like the inner journey has come to a place whereby I then met the man I wanted to meet from, you know, just like tapping into my own dysfunction and just really unraveling what, what was there. Mm. Yeah, I think that's fascinating and it le leads quite nicely on to, to my next question, which was where were you both at as individuals in your journey at the time that you met? Because I'm, I'm quite a big believer, but I'm starting to question this belief that, you know, I, I would be an advocate of doing your work before you get yourself into, you know, a serious relationship. I think, you know, there are, there's always work to be done, as I'm sure we all know. But where do you feel you guys were at as individuals at the point where, where you met? Mm. Okay. Um, where was I? Wow. I'd done a lot, you know, I'd done a lot of work on various ways and I hadn't really seen it as work. It was just things I'm interested in trying, you know, like, you know, I go way back and I did, I remember a workshop I did, it was a weekend workshop I did maybe 10 years ago, 12 years ago called La by Landmark Education called The Forum, which I still recommend to people to this day because it's, it's one of the, probably one of the best um, self-development workshops I've been to and it still holds a lot of weight um reading and you know all sorts of things being alone traveling I think traveling is a great learner great way of building confidence in oneself and I think I can't leave out the plant medicine because I think that had a big impact on me in terms of releasing a lot of emotional debris that had just been sitting and stopping me from expressing my deeper feelings for people um so that was a big thing for me as well I'd gone in beforehand and I think I'd reconciled a lot of my dysfunctional beliefs about relationships as well. You know, for many years, I didn't believe that I could be in a, in a, a kind of committed relationship of any type. You know, I didn't believe it was possible. I didn't believe in marriage. I didn't believe in, in all these kind of things because of the experiences that I'd seen growing up. And I'd really internalized that that's how the world is. So I kind of unraveled a lot of that over the years through various ways, various kind of questioning, self-inquiry, um, coaching and, and therapy even. So there was a lot of work there, a lot actually that went in. And I think when we met, I was kind of in a space where I was open to meeting someone, but I was very particular about what I wanted it to look like. Mm. You know, I was very, very much like I want an open relationship. Um, and that's something that I want. And I had my reasons and they were very, you know, I was very clear about that and very honest. We were very, as if one thing we had when we first got together was like, we were very honest with each other very very quickly very very early on about what we'd been through what we wanted what we enjoyed about life um and I think that's something that you know we preach quite heavily to people but I think there's a lot of work that went in beforehand and there's a lot of work that continues to happen because there's some work that is really good to do alone mm -hmm. you know you do on your own because you learn about yourself and what's gone on in your past. And then there's some work you can only do in relationship in real time, 
as it's happening or near real time, I think is a good way to put it because you find yourself in situations and having to go through them. But I, again, I'm a big advocate of both. I think, you know, you can never do all your relationship work or your relating work when you're not relating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I think I can, I can massively relate to that myself. Speaking of relating, um, because I really did think for quite a while that I had, you know, done done the work that I needed to do to be in a, a, the relationship I wanted to be in. And then I, you know, entered a new relationship and the same things were showing up. So I do think, you know, there's a lot to be said of bringing it into your awareness, bringing it into your consciousness and knowing the triggers. But I think, as you said, and, and my therapist at the moment very much talks about working in real time because there is no mm -hmm. there's nothing that can quite prepare you for the reality it's sort of the difference between sparring and being in the ring in in a boxing yeah. match like that that you can train so much but once you're in the the heat yeah. of the battle it's a, a completely different story um how about for yourself also yeah i guess where i was in my life i was becoming for the first time very clear on what it was that i wanted um i had said goodbye to you know, all things just happen in my life. I tended to have kind of um, friends with benefits type of relationships or just showing up in a way where I didn't think I could communicate any boundaries or have any emotional needs. I think I said too, even I was like, I've lived my dating life, my love life as like a easy breezy. Everything is cool. Yeah, I'm up for anything. Yeah, don't worry. I have no thoughts or opinions. So I had come 360 on that and just become, I had said goodbye to those type of relationships in my life and said, you know, hey, this was maybe cool when we were 20, but actually I want to settle into something that's more committed and long-term. And with that, I had, I guess it was a part of me that just thought that these, you know, non-committed relationships just happened, but actually digging deeper, I formed a stronger awareness around that I didn't think it was worthy of love. And I was like, ah, okay, how I've been interacting with men until this point makes a lot of sense. So it was like having a boy haters for the first time in my life where I was not surrounded by any men. Um, going into therapy, as I mentioned earlier, and just be like, how do I want to feel in a relationship? And I really came away from that knowing that I wanted to be heard and I wanted to be able to be listened to. Um, so... I had a much clearer picture of what that would look like. And also coming out from my corporate career, being in my very masculine and just like not daring to surrender to anything and just having quite like an obsession with controlling everything. I was also starting to just live a little bit in, in the moments and not controlling every single thing, you know? Um, yeah, so that was where, and I really had started my exploration, you know, sexually, which was, I had really started what I often talk about, my journey to sexual liberation. So I was like ready to have conversation and have new experiences. And this was where it was so amazing when we met as well, because David, I thought I had explored a lot. And then when I met David, I was like, oh, there is another like five communities. I had no idea. I was just signing up to events right, left and center. You used to ping me a event you know hey you should go and look this up so it was an event but I was like I was at a time where I was very ready to explore and just like surrender into new experiences yeah I think that that sort of curiosity I think is such a big factor when it comes to any form of work be it sexual be it relationships be it anything you've just got to come with that beginner's mind with that curiosity to say I'm here to 
to learn. And as also you were saying, sort of before we came on on air, just be in that mode of, you know, I'm here to receive, like I'm, yeah. I'm, re- I'm, I'm ready to, to find those things and have them, them come to me as well. Um, mm. So we, we talked a lot about, about work, I guess, and the work more than, you know, jobs, but I think that's a key part of, you know, self-development and that continual work within relationships and on yourself kind of as individuals and as, as partners in the, in the early stages of, of relationships, I've certainly found, and I'm sure a lot of people listening have probably found that, you know, you can communicate, you can be very honest, you can be very clear on your needs, your wants, your desires, but there are still things that come up there are still triggers that are quite deep rooted usually you know from childhood right and and these are things that we might not necessarily be aware of until they start to come up for you guys in the in the early days were there were there big you know big learnings that you had to go through or was it relatively relatively smooth in terms of how things started was it was it quite a i guess an enjoyable process from that side of things yeah, I mean, I remember to just like paint a picture. I remember the first time we met as in two individual partners away from, you know, our work. And I came over here and we just like, we were cooking and we were chilling. And I really remember I was saying to you out loud, I think I was like, I really want, and this was, I didn't know what happened. It was almost like this, I could hear myself say out loud, hey, I want to really take it slow. And I was like, part of me, that felt really good. And part of me was like, what? We've never said that before. <laughs> I, said it out loud. I said it out loud. And I was like, oh, really? And I said it, I think, you know, in a very like calm and confident position. I said, like, like this is a non-negotiable and I want to take things slow. So it was a lot of conversation. It was like such a beautiful evening. And like the lovemaking was just like, I've never experienced anything like it. So actually the day after I had like so many emotions. I remember I had to like go to the countryside to actually sit out in nature and breathe. I was like, fuck, what was that? I was like, I've never felt because it was slow. It was very much like, you know, getting to know one another for who we are. It was no like small talk and small. It was really raw. It was like really real. And it was like the lovemaking as I keep talking about, you know, that was just like out of this world. And it was just very, you know, connected whereby in the past I've had like sex, you know, like rough sex type thing, where this one I was likely actually to like, how am I feeling in my body? So I came away the day after, yeah, I had to go out and see my friend Siobhan. I was like, my head is gone. That expression actually had a meaning to me at that day. And I, and she was like, oh, wouldn't it be fun to just like write down all the emotion you're feeling? I was like, yeah, that's a good point. And I, I'm sure that some feelings would be like grouped together, but I have a piece of paper with over 40 words because it was just like, it was just like crazy how much I was feeling and how much I was like in some form of like awakening and healing in a way by the connection that we had had that day and like what we were speaking about. So it was, it was very beautiful, but it was also like, oh shit, this was actually me dating and having sex like me for the first time. This feels vulnerable and really scary. What's going to happen now, you know, trying to control and just like really easing off and just allowing myself to, yeah, to really take it slow. So it was like an experience that I've never allowed myself to have. And then of course, like meeting David, he also created that space to allow for that to happen, if that makes sense. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. I think, um, but I'd say that things were pretty smooth actually. Mm. Like, 
my my default way of being is slowing things not slowing things down in the you know when the first night we met we, we were here like that was just I was just feeling into what was right you know and I remember maybe you saying to me oh, I want to go slow and I remember my response was like of course mm-hmm. like it was no other way in my mind you know um because I have no need to rush I'm just being with what is in that moment um I'm not trying to get anywhere so it was a case of like for for that it was very easy but my default way of being at the beginning of a relationship is like oh this might be going too fast I might be getting my heart's going too deep into this let me slow this down that's kind of my fearful default way of being right how I've been in a lot of other relationships and I'd say at the beginning for us it was for me it was quite different you know there was I've got a I remember um, our third time we'd met up I think we were sitting there's like a lovely park not too far from where I live and we just went over there and it was like summertime would have been like August maybe September, yeah. and we were just like hanging out in the sun, talking. And then somehow the conversations got onto like babies and marriage, right? And I remember I often have a physical reaction to discussing these topics, right? Like a, a physical fear, and I can really feel it come up. And I was just like, oh, you know, this is kind of what I want for my future, but not from a case of this is how it has to be. It was like, I do this a lot and she knows this. I'll just speak and be like, wouldn't it be beautiful if, you know, there were roses in the garden and there was, you know, we had a trampoline and a swimming pool. And I would, and I, but I remember that day it was just like, oh, you know, I'd really like to, you know, like to have children and, you know, marriage is something that I'd like to do and all these things. But it wasn't heavy. The conversation was not heavy at all. Right. And it was just a very easy conversation to have. And I think this is something that often people think is like, oh my God, if we talk about these things, it has to be super heavy. It doesn't have to be heavy if you can just talk about it and it's light for you. It's just like, this is what I desire. This is what I'm about. Like, and you don't, and when someone's talking to you that way, you don't take it as a demand upon you. It's just them expressing their desire for their life. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think things were relatively smooth. I think the, the only thing I think for us to navigate, you know, <laughs> she's smiling. The only thing for us to navigate was being open, yeah. right? That that was the, I would say that was the deepest work. You oh know? man, <laughs> this needs to be a whole different episode. So. <laughs> Talk about having triggers. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. may I? And you're welcome yes. to say no. Can we can we go there? I would because uh, I think for a lot of people, open relationships are. I th- I think what we've seen with sort of this broader, I think societal sexual liberation to an extent is more. There's a lot more acceptance uh, around mm. open relationships. You know, uh, non-monogamy, whatever it might be, polyamory. Um, yeah. So there's a much more awareness and understanding of those things, but I don't think necessarily people hear from source kind of what the reality of it is. Cause I think for a lot of people, it is maybe something that's like, Oh, that'd be great. You know, I get to do whatever I want. And that's kind of it, I guess, from my understanding, not really the point. I think it's more of, it's about deepening the connection rather than kind of taking it further away from that. So I would love to hear from you guys sort of what that process of, of, working into that working through that as you know david as as someone who you know you expressed that that was something that you wanted and also maybe that being something that you hadn't considered and being maybe kind of learning and leaning into that what what did that process look like and and also i think it'd be useful for people to understand actually what 
open looks like for you guys? Like what, what are the, you know, what is that process? What is that relationship? What is the, you know, what are the, what are the rules and technicalities of it? I suppose. Yeah. And um, so my journey into um, exploring open relationships. So I, for quite a long time, I had been like, I'm not sure what I feel about, you know, non-monogamy. How can you be together with someone for like 25 years and it's the only one you have sex with and like, you know, often could even relate to in a way because I've seen a lot of examples where it's like, uh, hey, you looked at someone else, what are you doing? Or like, you're watching porn, you're masturbating, we're in a relationship now, you don't, you know. So I think I was just like, what is a healthy way of relating? So I was like, okay, I've been talking about that I challenge non-monogamy for a long time, but as you talked about in the beginning, I've actually never done anything about it. I then also had a, because as I said, I was in this space to like explore everything. So I had erotic hypnosis, which is basically a way to bypass your conscious mind to actually tap into what do you want rather than what you should do, which is like how I lived my life up until I was 30. And in that, it was a lot of kind of, if I may say scenes, but obviously it's things that I saw in my mind around. It was like a lot of people. It was like often more than two. And even like if you popped up in, in my mind during that, it was like other people around us. And I was like, oh, maybe this is the thing. And you were talking about, you know, open and one to be open I was like yeah I want to date you know as open as well had no idea what open meant and um, I had just been like yeah I got this in a hypnosis you know I've been kind of thinking about what is you know non-monogamy how would that work but now reflecting back I had very very little understanding about what open relating looked like and meant and also because I had no experience of it I had a very different experience shall I say which I guess we come into whereby and also to give some context in the past when I had friends with benefits we had the agreement that we can sleep with others or obviously using protection where we should never let anyone know and it was this guy in particular that I've seen like on and off for like eight years and I was like hey you know are you seeing someone he was like no I don't I was like I know you're lying why are you just not you know just be honest with me that's all I want honesty so then I came into the relationship with David and I was like, yeah, honesty is all I want. And the first time he told me that he slept with someone else, I was like, fuck, this is what honesty feels like. I was like, I don't want to be honest at all. I really wish you did not tell me. And it was just like all these things is like, A, I guess it was a way of like for me to show up as my real self first and foremost in this connection and in, you know, the way we were and how we connected and then to hear that oh actually looking at your eyes to be like I've slept with someone else that my only reference to that in the past have been cheating or when something was really bad so I guess that's my opening statement <laughs> for you know um yeah it's, it's so much I can I can add but that was really just to set the scene for you know how I my background to to wanting to explore being open and my first um, experience um, of that. And I guess, you know, there is so many learnings. I really realized through being open as well, how competitive I am always. Yeah. Like I grew up in a competitive environment. If I did well, I received love from my mom and dad, you know, so I really, really, so I, I didn't know to what extent I literally, as soon as I saw another human being, especially a woman, I was like, am I better than them? Am I worse like than them? You know, all these things. So that has been something I've been able to work through. And now I have a much deeper relationship with any woman, you know, that, that I would meet and I can really see the beauty of humans on a new different level rather than always being like who are you am i better am i worse type thing um 
yeah, it's been a lot of lot of things to to work through, but actually got to know myself much much better as well. For sure. Yeah. Go on. No, you go, mate. I'm 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 ready. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think the difference was was that when we met, I was expressed this want to be open, and you were like, yeah, yeah, I want to be open too. I think the difference was that I'd had like a, a good year or so of experience of being in open relationships and being like, you know, testing out the the, the honesty and our, our agreements. I guess one of the important things around it was, you know, we had an agreement was like, we tell each other, like if we, if we do sleep with someone, we tell each other. And I think at the beginning, there was a lot of feeling out what the agreements mean because you have to work them out. You know, no one comes, you don't come with a preset package. So there was a lot of like, um, okay, you know, first time we said I slept with someone else. And then we were like, okay, there was a point, I think quite early, we were like, ah, we better not sleep with anyone that we both know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because, uh, yeah. And I remember it was being like, and we we're like, yep, that's not going to, we won't do that. Cool, we're not going to do that thing. And it was like, okay, so if we go on dates with other people, do we talk about that? No, no, we don't need to discuss that. And it was literally, you know, a lot of like, okay, what about this scenario? Okay, no, that doesn't work. Um and it's not a free-for-all, actually. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of one thing I'd say for a lot of men is like, and women, obviously, is when you do enter into this, you know, ethical non-monogamy, you have to, if, if you're telling somebody, there is, you have to hold the space of when you do tell them for whatever, whatever comes up, right? And that could be anything, you don't know. You know, I think if I'm honest, like between us, it could range between sometimes you'd be like, okay, cool, it'd be fine. And then sometimes you wouldn't be so cool and feel, you know, totally fine with things, right? So you have to hold space for that. And that is, for me, why that was incredibly hard was because it kind of come up against my fears around my capacity to hold emotion and be present. And if anything, we, like, out of that, we we're able to basically form ability to communicate almost about anything. Like if you can stand in front of someone that you deeply care about and love and say, Hey, I've slept with somebody else. Right. Most conversations after that aren't that difficult to have, right. If they're important conversations and we were bound by integrity to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. So I think it was like, it was, you know, it really opened up my eyes to, to dealing like working within an open relationship um, I think there were some um, amusing moments for me. I think there was like the first time you said you, you'd been to meet somebody and I was like, she, she was like, oh, I've got something to tell you. I was like, what, what are you going to tell me? Like, oh, so I, I, I was with another man the other day. And I, and I remember I was in my, in my bedroom and I was next to the wardrobe. And it's funny enough as I was like, okay, cool. And you were looking at me, you're looking worried. And I was like, how was it? Was it good? Do you have a good time? And you were really startled and was almost like, oh, I don't know if I could talk about this. And it was, you know, it was that sort of thing. Um, Because yeah. I think that was kind of how I was like, you know, I want you to have a wonderful experience. I want you to enjoy yourself. I want you to, to you know, live, live. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a big thing for me. Um, So, yeah. I, and it's not, a lot of people think, ah, oh, you think open, you think uncommitted. Mm. But actually, it, t- it takes a huge amount of commitment to stay in that structure because it's not easy. It actually can be really difficult. And it was actually, you know, quite difficult sometimes. And we would work through it. Like we'd conversations and, and I remember, you know, we had some hard conversations, yeah. right? But in fact, like the growth out of those conversations was immense, mm-hmm. like immense. And I think it enabled us to, we kind of went through that. And I think it was a really, 
you know, for me, it was a good experience. I think I learned a lot about myself. I think, you know, you learned a hell of a lot about you yeah. and it strengthened our relationship in so many ways. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be, I think the, the key to it is the ethics, having ethic, ethics, because it means that it's a, it's a structure and it can be a real structure for growth as well. I think personal growth, open, polyamorous, whatever strand of uh, open relating people choose. Yeah, I think it's it's very important to like in terms of agreement to just be, you know, what does open look like for us? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. are we telling before we're going on a date or after? You know, can you be like mm-hmm. in the moment to be like, hey, I'm out, you know, I met this person, is that cool with you? And I think something that became uh, clear within our relationship is about how many people are we seeing? Yeah. Because I was like, you know, when I was thinking about open relationships the way I maybe have met men in the past is like you know I've been in this country for like 15 years I might have been like hanging around with the same men you know maybe four five six you know so it's been like the same type of you know men that I've connected with and really be like coming in out of our lives so when I was talking about being open I thought maybe it was going to be one to two people a year and then it was like one month you know two three women I was like for and at that time I was also launching my company you know for anyone who's launched their own business it's like you're working 24 7 I was like how do you have time for all of this there are so many women I was like I'm sick and tired every time we're talking every time I meet you we're talking about oh you slept with someone you know there is a reaction for me and I think there is also that thing of like you said for what came up for you was like your capacity and for me to have in the past never uttered the words of how I'm feeling in a relationship or what I need in a relationship this created like the need for boundaries you know emotional safety being vulnerable like literally everything that I avoided for 31 years was just like bam everything is happening within like the first month of meeting someone who I've never felt you know, like this for before. And also I'm bringing really myself to the, to the relationship. I'm not pretending anymore. Like I was so done with that. Uh, it's uh baptism by fire, by all accounts. I, think. <laughs> so, yeah. I had no idea what hit me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got uh, into like quite a groove about it, right? I feel like, you know, I feel like we got into, I guess the yeah. pandemic here at some point, which really, you know, shifted mm. things for us. Um, yeah. But like, I think it's, you know, it make it makes you forces you to face a lot of the things you avoid facing yeah. when it comes to relating. Yeah. Because you have to deal with jealousy, your ability to be honest and talk. And also, you know, for I always said, because there was guys I used to see and they'd be like, you're open. That means you can do what you want. And I said, no, because I have to consider like the impact of my actions. Mm. So there becomes a point where you're like, okay do I really want to do this? Do I really want to sleep with this person? Is that really true for me to do in this moment? Is it really something I want to do? And it does, it adds a, a, another layer. And I think also what was interesting was that a lot of men suffer from what I call kind of forbidden fruit syndrome is they're in a relationship and they suddenly, you know, they want to be with other women and they think it's going to be, you know, it's what they want. But what's interesting is when there's no forbidden fruit, right? The whole thing becomes less attractive. Right. And this is why I believe I see a lot of men act in this way when there's like, oh, they got wives, they got girlfriends. <clears throat> you take them to a bar and they're like hyenas, you know. Um, whereas for me, it was very much like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I could sleep with someone tonight. And I also cannot. I, I get to choose. And it just it really does shift your mind around, you know, going to a bar, going to a club, 
like you, your enjoyment, your where you enjoy yourself and what you enjoy yourself doing starts to shift quite a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I think as, as you guys have said, it's, it's very much a, it's different for everybody. It's, it's, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's the relationship, it's the relating between the two of you in terms to, uh, of what that means and, you know, how do you do it, the ethics of it. And I think, yeah, as, as you said, for, for anybody, I think, considering or thinking that they might want an open relationship, I'd really encourage people to explore and dig into the motive. Mm, you know, yeah. what, what is the reason? Is it because you don't want to commit? Or is it because what you actually want is, is the, you know, the, the dynamic that that brings to your relationship and the depth that, that it can bring to your relationship? So I think mm-hmm. yeah, definitely worth kind of digging into the, the motive behind it. And I think, I think as well, that there's a, something that, that Caitlin and I talk about quite a lot, which, is, um, which I can see in, in, in you guys as well in the way you talk about your relationship is that you know, I, I saw someone write um, a couple of weeks ago about how love is it's an active process lots of people Mm -hmm. think that love love is just a feeling but it's actually when you are in love when you're in a relationship that is a you're making the choice of choosing the other person regardless of the dynamic every single time so whether that's you know an open relationship you are you know creating that structure that system that process that works for you guys so that you can still continue to choose that person uh, and I think that's that's really important for for people to remember as well, you know, regardless of their their situation. Yeah, absolutely. And if someone is thinking about, um, you know, listening to this and uh, thinking about being open, what I would also uh, suggest is that you just get, you know, not new friends, but just like surround yourself in communities mm. where this is openly talked about, because what doesn't help when you are we unlearning and relearning a lot um you know you're facing your triggers and learning a lot about yourself and forming you know and exploring love in a new ways people who just go and be like well that's just weird like this means this and you're like oh you know you're fully conscious aware human that's calm and collected would know that no our opinions you know differ but when you're under tremendous stress and you're not feeling you know too good in a moment and you hear a comment that just like goes against what it is that you want to explore you're like that's the first out isn't it you know if you will you can be like oh yeah no you're right oh yeah actually i'm not gonna do this anymore so it's like oh you just continue choosing you i guess within like continue choose each other and choose you as well and have like a support network you know around you of people who are open-minded towards whatever you know being it open relationship or going to a sex party for the first time you know just talk to people who's done it or are exploring it you know so you have people who have a reference yeah there became points for me where i didn't talk about it with with my friends over a period of time because they couldn't understand they'd always be um the guys would always especially would be quite kind of cynical like ah you know she's only putting up with it for a while because you know she wants to be with you and like really a lot of this kind of cynical conversation and I just stopped talking to him about it because it was um it would almost like belittle the situation as if because people put their own mind their own lens on what it is so it's like ah you're doing this oh that means you're not serious about someone like so after a while, I just would only talk with maybe a few people, like two or three people I knew. I could actually, they were just op- more open-minded relationally, right? Because one of the things that happens when you confront your people with your relationship and say, I'm choosing a different relationship style, a lot of people want to go against you 
not because they they really mean to it's just that you are confronting them with one of their core beliefs a lot of people's core beliefs around relation any only uh, monogamous relationships are serious so when you decide to be non-monogamous you're saying to them that there is another alternative now they don't want to deal with the other alternative because that means that they now have to think instead of going down the road they're on so a lot of people will just attack you like it literally at times you're like in conversation with people and you'd be like wow this is it feels like it's very i've told them i'm in an open relationship and a loving open relationship and you would think that i've personally attacked the way that they're living and they yeah. react to you in that way so i think it's really important to to find communities find even coaches like i know there's a few people mm. who coach people in and i know you've done you've worked with a few women and helped them yeah kind of so move. some yeah so some of my coaching clients are even married or uh you know started dating and they want to even open up the marriage or just like find way to just speak to someone freely without judgment you know mm. which is beautiful to be able to create you know whatever love looks like for them yeah, yeah but it's important to just make sure you have that people you can just talk to like even therapists i know there's therapists out there who are like like aware of non-monogamy because that's something that's quite interesting is like talking to a therapist about it because even they are saddled with this societal conditioning about what meaning it means yeah absolutely absolutely i think that i think that's really key um i'd really like to talk about i suppose your your relationship today and what are the things that maintain what you have do you have you know rituals practices habits things again coming back i guess to this idea of it being an active process where you are always making sure it is what you want it to be um yeah do you have anything that that really works for you guys that maybe people listening might be able to think oh yeah i think that might might work in my relationship as well mm. uh, one of the key things is to always continue the conversation and actually set time to prioritize this so what we do we're, we're quite process driven uh individuals even though i'm probably more process driven than david um <laughs> so uh you found an article i think like um some time ago and there was um a couple who was speaking about how you know we love each other we want this to continue how can we start doing this so they decided to meet every month and talk about the relationship so we took um some pointers from that and what we do is that every month we do a uh, relationship learnings it used to be called relationship review but i felt a little bit <laughs> harsh <laughs> uh, so we renamed it to relationship learnings whereby we talk about so we set aside two hours if it was down to maybe four hours but we're also you know busy <laughs> two hours is amazing um, and then we talk about you know um how was the last month for you like generally in life um when was the moment you felt most loved you know what filled you with joy mm. what would you like to do more of and then there is question around what would you like to change which without fail i always have a bit of like ah, now is the time it tells me something isn't going but at the same time you know you have to just own your story and be like i'm gonna fully just be in the moment and the present and not with my stories and my fears uh, and yeah we just talk about everything from like intimacy, communication, being able to speak about our dreams and our fears and sex. It's, it's a lot of things that just like scope to, to be able to, to talk about. And I think a key point with that is not only do we communicate, but we actually create time so we can consciously very in a very present way, be in that moment. There is no 
phones inside, you know, there is like blocked out time, like you will block in a, like a business meeting, say. Um, so this is one, one of the, one of the things. Mm, mm, yeah. That's a really good structure. It's a bit of a ritual actually. You know? yeah. We, yeah. we start off with a meditation and we burn some sage and incense and we bring out the crystals. Like it's a real, yeah, it's, it's a real, it's a real um, ritual of our relationship. I think that's definitely a big part. I'd say um, for me, not there's no conversation that's like out of bounds or off the off 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 mm-hmm. off limits, you know. Like there's nothing that we like. Oh, we refuse to talk about that. Like all all conversations are on are, are possible, you know. All of us are all parts of who we are is welcome as well, you know. Even things that may upset us, please talk about them. I think it's an important part. Um, listening, listening, yeah. like you know, the power of listening um, is is just really high. Like, and I've learned this the hard way because I didn't listen in past relationships and I've learned to really listen, be present, hold space as well. I think that's a really, really important part. I think um, self-leadership and self, like owning what you're feeling. I don't think we ever, well, obviously I can't think, I'm going to remember everything, but it's very rare that we'd ever be like, you made me feel like Mm -hmm. this. There's Mm -hmm. never that converse. There's never that. It's like, this thing happened and I now feel like this. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And there's an ownership of one's feelings and emotions, what's going on. I think that's a big, really big part. Um, even when one of us is upset, there's not a forcing of opening up. Yeah. Like, you know, if you're, if I'm upset, for instance, and my default to go away is if I'm upset, I shut down, I stop talking. And I'm really still working on that. I think I'm a lot better than I was a few years ago. Um, also, we'll just be like, are you okay? And if I say yes, she's like, okay, cool, you're okay. If you want to talk, you know I am, cool. And at some point, usually I will open my mouth and speak when I formulated exactly how I want to say everything and then not be able to say it in that way. Um, you know, we talk and she listens. And it's like, she listens until I've completed my my words and sentences and everything that's come out. So it's like a conscious listening. And so like, a, okay, I'm going to hear you out. But also seeing that you are a powerful individual that can deal with your life and deal with who you are. So I think that's a, it's a really big part. And I think the, the the last part that springs to my mind is making time for intimacy. Mm. Like we run these tantra workshops, not because like, oh, we want to make loads of money and be famous. It's like, we did this shit, you know? We spent hours, you know, going through various exercises and rituals together. You know, like I've been at a tantra school for three years. So it's like bringing these things into the relationship and going, okay, there's this thing we learned, should we try this? Like bringing that in and making time for intimacy and making time to make intimacy fresh and different, like not always the same. Because out of the relationship learnings, um, <laughs> I always think to call it review. I'm so used to it. Um, there's ever times that you were like, okay, I want to try these things. I'd be like, oh, wow, that's a bit outside my comfort zone. But yeah, cool, we can try that. Okay, how can we try that in a way that I feel comfortable and you have your needs met? Okay, we could do this like this. Okay, cool. You know, like something as simple as that, just talking about it, it's something we see with our work is like couples mm. don't talk about stuff. Mm. Oh, one couple wants to enjoy BDSM. One of the people in the couple wants to enjoy BDSM, but oh, I don't want to talk to my partner about it because I might judge me. Okay, so how are you going to have this thing that you want to do happen? Oh, I'm really, and they're pissed off that there's not happening, but there's no communication. Yeah. So I think for us, it's like, you know, they, we just don't really, we just talk about it. You know, there'll be a suggestion of something and, and I think, yeah, so we're always expanding, always expanding, always growing. And I think the 
something jumped into my head then and jumped out it's like very little judgment actually we exist yeah. between us like if she says she wants to do something or try or go and you know if you said to me oh i'm dancing in my in the bedroom i'm like cool enjoy your dancing you know or i tell her like i went to do cambo i think maybe last year summer yeah. and you were like what the fuck is that and i said oh you can be sick in a bucket a lot and you were like okay cool well you know enjoy <laughs> kind of thing there's no like there's very little projection of, of of judgment onto each other. Yeah. And I think it's where we, you know, where it comes in as well, the importance of we do a lot of things together and we also do a lot mm. of things individually that we are both able to, you know, see and know our triggers, you know, understanding our limiting beliefs and how easy it can be to, even though you have the best intention for something that you view a situation or something that's been said and you like straight into your story, straight into your fears to actually both of us have the ability and capacity to be able to be like understanding that story that goes on in our mind creates space and then choose how we want to react uh, or what we want to say and if there are times whereby you know there is time when I've been saying things and acting in a way that I've not been proud of you know I've been then creating the space I go into the other room I lock myself in the bathroom it's my thing um, and then I come out and I then I'm like okay this is what you said, this is what I made it mean. You know, this is what I heard you saying, you know, do you mind just speaking into that? And then, you know, you have an opportunity to be like, you know, because 99.9% .9 of the time I've just made it into something that was just not there at all. So I think that's a huge part as well. It's like your individual responsibility for picking up what's going on with you and just choosing how you want to respond or react mm -hmm. you know which again take you know tr tremendous willpower um and work and then even you know we are only humans and when it happens then we can at least you know come back into the room and be like okay i saw how i made this mean something x y said you know can i talk you through this do you have a moment to listen mm, and then you can just i think in those times it's like the levels of compassion and understanding yeah. you know that really not making it personal and you know it's not easy because sometimes i go there and i'm like oh it's about me but just having that space there i think is a really important part in your point but one of the things that jumped into my mind is talking about your fears mm. your relationship fears your irrational fears like talking about those things is it's been really amazing for us right because yeah. because when you speak you know one of my fears for instance around freedom right and commitment and she knows this, right? So if she tells says something to me and it might trigger my fear around commitment and freedom, she's aware that potentially that could have happened. And it's not that you pussyfoot around it, but it's more of a case of that if that happens, I'm like, oh shit, okay. And then I respond to her in a way from my fear of freedom and commitment, you can go to me, you're responding from a point of view of your fear and commitment. And you might not say it that way, but you hear it and then it was said in a place of love and compassion. So when you understand each other's fears, mm. there is a way in which you can have compassion because when it comes up in a moment and you do become quite triggered, the other person's like, oh, I know what's going on here. Yeah. Instead yeah. of being like, oh, it's personal, it's about me. It's like, oh no, this is about this thing here. You know, it's it just allows for um, a deeper trust. And it's difficult to talk about your fears because you're like, oh my God, I don't want to talk about them. I'm going to be shamed. She's going to think I'm stupid and all these things. But actually, because of we know, understand that we are human beings, when you talk about those fears together, it's like, okay, cool. I can incorporate that into my understanding of who you are, mm. not your highest, but as, as you are, as your humanity. 
and I can, you know, I can understand that. I can work with that when, when we're, you know, when we're together in our relationship. Yeah. Oh, guys, there's so much good stuff in there. I'm so glad I asked that question. I've been, there were so many points where I was like, I want to say something. Now I want to say something, but I'm very glad I let you guys go because there's, yeah, there's so much gold in there for people in terms of things you can practically put in place in your relationship that will make a big difference. And I can speak from experience with this as well. Caitlin and I, the, my, the first relationship I've ever had where any of this stuff has featured and the impact mm -hmm. it makes is, is huge. Because as you said, you know, talking about labeling your fears, putting them out there into the space for them to be received. And I, I guess you have to trust that they will be, you know, the space will be held um, for them. But it does just allow for that, that almost your default setting, your default position is coming from a place of understanding and compassion. Because you mm. go, I care about this person. There is a reason that they're reacting in this way. And actually, I think I know where that is. So I can be empathetic towards that and i think that's so important and that yeah i'm looking back at my notes because there there's a few bits in there that i i love and i think also it was something you mentioned about sort of what you're making something mean it reminds me of that mm. Bre that brené brown um the story i'm telling myself is and i think that yeah. mm. that phrase is such a powerful thing within relationships because if someone acts in a certain way says a certain thing and you feel viscerally or whatever a reaction what that is the place to go it's like if you want to communicate it don't say as, as you guys both said like you made me feel like that you say the story i'm telling myself is that what you just said means this and that gives mm -hmm. the other person the opportunity not to feel blamed or judged but to say okay wow like i didn't even realize my actions were coming across in that way that's really helpful for me to understand in terms of the next time, but also let me explain to you my intention. Where was that coming from myself? And um, even to go even deeper, this is digging into my, my bank of podcast episodes that I've listened to, but there's um, a book on my bedside table called Connect by David Bradford and Cal Robin that I haven't read yet, but I listened to them on a podcast and um they talk about this concept of over the net and basically mm -hmm. they say that for every interaction there are three realities so there's your intention your behavior and how that is received so mm. each person in an interaction can only know two of those things so if, if david and i are interacting and i say or do something i know i know my intention I know what the behavior was because it's mm. out in the open, but I don't know how it was received and vice mm. versa. You know how you received it. You know what the behavior was, but you don't know my intentions. So anytime you find yourself in a, a situation, that's where you should go because you're like, okay. And as, as a result of that, you, you can say things as, as they talk about the, the over the net, which comes back to what you said, David, of saying you, what you did made me feel like this or, yeah just that that simple reframing of like they didn't you don't know their intentions so you can't actually label that you've got to ask you know this is mm. how it's made me feel can you help me understand you know what yes. what led to that what what was your what was the motive behind that behavior because it has resulted in me feeling like this and i would really like to understand that rather than that's where so much conflict comes from is just being like you did that thing that made me feel like this. And they go, 
no, I didn't. I didn't mean it like yeah. that. And it's just like you go in this this cycle, this loop. And the final thing from my notes <laughs> is, um, oh no, there's two things. There's two things. Um, it was yeah when when you guys were talking about the lack of communication when it comes to to needs and wants and expressing what you're you're truly longing for within a relationship and the the word that came to mind was was resentment and i think when you don't communicate you can end up resenting your partner because they are not meeting that need even though you've never expressed it and so i think yeah. that's again where a lot of conflict a lot of relationships fall down is that breakdown in communication to be able to say you know, this is what I want. And if you haven't expressed that, you need to look at why you don't feel comfortable expressing that because mm -hmm. you should be able to trust your partner to, to hear your, your need. Um, and then the final thing to come right back to the beginning, I work working in reverse order around the, uh, the relationship learnings, um, <laughs> which is, yeah, it's something that again, Kate and I are, um, we, we've called it the relationship check-in. So mm. that's, that's where nice. good, good. Let me just get that down. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, th I think the, the structure and what comes out of that is, is amazing, mm. but also actually the power of setting aside that time is, is powerful in itself to say, we are going to put this time in to reflect on our relationship because what that does is it puts you in a, a mindset of, doing that naturally you just are already reflecting openly yourself on your own as to you know what what do i want out of this relationship and that's how you keep it fresh that's how you keep it real and open and healthy i think in, in so many ways and the underpinning of all of this stuff i think that we've talked about really is is communication isn't it i think it's mm -hmm. so underrated but mm -hmm. incredibly important it's just that open and honest communication um so that's my mini rant over, but I just thought there's so much, so, so much good stuff in there. So I'm really, really grateful for that because I know there'll be things that people can, can take away. Go ahead. Oh, I had one thing that's popped into my head. And I think this is something that's also super important because we talked about intention there is vision. What is your vision for the relationship? I think that's something that's really something we've really yeah. talked about a lot, actually, from the beginning, even quite unconsciously, but even more recently with created like we've got vision boards for our relationship and what we do together we've got goals as a relationship like relationship choices and things like that like having that forward thinking vision of your relationship is is really beautiful that's created together because when you when you do that you then also have a shared vision going forward and there's an intention to create this and make this into reality but when you discuss that and again the communication you've talked about it you know, however, where you come to it, like we use various intuitive processes to come to ours, but like having that there is like that brings you together mm. as you're moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, if you, if you find yourself in a relationship where you are, you know, serious about the future of it, it's, it's nice to be able to create that together and, and really think about it because it does solidify the here and now, like you don't want to get lost in the future, but it's, mm. it's great to have a vision of what, of what that looks like, I think. Um, yeah absolutely so i'm conscious of time and um it's it's been genuinely incredible to to have this conversation i think it's going to help a lot of people so thank you first and foremost but before we close one thing that i, I i'd quite like to close on because 
at the beginning when we were talking about your relationship, I think you both quite nicely sort of covered where you'd been on your your journey with relationships. So David talking about, you know, being more fearful, more naturally kind of avoidant, and also kind of finding yourself either not being sexually attracted to someone that you were seemingly compatible with, or as I'm sure lots of people, I was going to say lots of women, but I think lots of people can relate to, you know, sleeping with the wrong people or having great Mm -hmm. sex with people that are assholes potentially um (laughs) i'm sure they don't mean to be um so i guess my question is advice to and the way i'm going to frame this i think is from each of you individually advice to men and to women kind of separately as to how they can find more fulfilling relationships so what are things that that you've learned and i'm you know i'm i'm always wary to generalize because i think it's a dangerous game to play but we have to play it at at points um for men and for women from from your experience in work from your own personal experiences how can people find more fulfilling relationships well i often speak about you know So I know this is true for clients that I work with and also for myself that, you know, and maybe it sounds cliche, but it's the truth that it starts with with us. You know, if we want to have a fulfilling relationship, are we having a fulfilling life to start with? You know, what is it that really like sets our soul on fire? What is it that we're very, you know, passionate about? What are our values in life? And how is that mirrored back to us through how we just show up in life? I think this is something that's very important and just dare to get out of your comfort zone all the time in terms of like meeting new people, talking about what is important to you, you know, leading with vulnerability. Something I see a lot as a coach and also as a matchmaker is the fear of speaking out loud because if you know they might not get it so i'm not going to do this work on vulnerability i'll just be vulnerable when i met someone it's like oh is it you know you're not going to be vulnerable with me as your coach we're going to be vulnerable with someone you want to share your life with so it's that thing like you know not waiting until you met someone to do the work or like how you want to show up start to create that um already and something for you know men and women is the importance of always coming back to you to choose you no matter what the potential outcome will be and you know to just really take a moment to tune into your body we're so busy all the time you know it's really romanticized isn't it to be like busy and overworked Mm -hmm. but actually it's your actions in alignment with who you are and what you want and that is throughout the relationship as well so always come back to you and be more choose you and not the perceived outcome because that will going to serve you throughout anyway. So I guess that's quite general for men and women, Mm. but this is something that I see often. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd say one of the things that I work with and work with men actually are looking for relationships is values. And it feels like it feels so kind of simple, but like working on what it is, what, what are your values? What's important to you and start looking for someone based on not based on that but out of that lens because a lot of the time we have kind of these negative visions like ah i want a woman who is not jealous (laughs) you know and you're like okay why do you want a woman that's not jealous oh because my part my ex-partner was jealous and i didn't like that okay 
So it's not something that you want someone who is not jealous. You want maybe, maybe you're looking for an accepting relationship that accepts all of who you are. Yeah, or you're looking for a relationship where you can communicate openly without judgment. Oh yeah, well that's actually, and you start to unpick actually of what people are actually looking for. Because a lot of the time you're like, we're running away from something we've had before in the past. And, you know, start to build our, ourselves, look at our own values and look at the values we want someone else. Like interests, in my in my book are not as important as values at all like i think when we met our interests probably overlapped a little bit but a lot of the things i was interested in were things you've never tried before and vice versa mm. and you know it's just that our values our core values around like like openness compassion you know growth for instance is like a huge part of a relationship you know these values really hold us together um so that's one thing um authenticity being who you are like it sounds so cliche like i'll oh, just be who you are it's not so much being who you are it's like where are you hiding where are you avoiding having you know showing the, the parts of yourself you think people will judge um who won't like and the reason why this is so important is because when you are only keeping on certain masks you move through the world and you're only showing certain parts of you so you're going to attract people that only have any interest in those parts of you. So if you hide the other parts, right, you're gonna end up in relationships where you can only express a certain proportion of yourself. And that will leave you feeling a little bit lost, also feeling left, being like you're unaccepted, even though the lack of acceptance you experience is your own, make, not even just own making, you don't accept you. So it's like expressing all of who you are and all what you're about, I think is a really important thing. Um, um, I think another one is pursuing things that, bring you joy mm. however how small or large it is maybe you are interested in i don't know cake making go on a course do a workshop join a club like get involved in life like so many times that people come to me and they're like okay like i want to meet someone like okay what do you do with yourself tell me mm. i go to work i go to the gym three times a week i go to the pub sometimes i'm like what else no that's it okay cool what do you love doing? Let's start looking at, let's look at your values. Let's start looking at the hobbies you used to have, you know, to start to build out a life. Because ultimately, if you've got a life filled with things you enjoy, you're going to meet people who are enjoying similar things to you. And it, you know, it sounds really cliche, isn't it? It sounds really simple, all these things, right? But they take a level of like confronting yeah. your, your worries and your fears and your kind of beliefs. And that's a lot of what the, we end up doing. And I'd say, like, what, what did my shift come to meet you I had to for me it was the openness to it like not assuming that all relationships are going to end because that's what's all happened before being open opening your heart being open-hearted as a man like you know for men like me who are naturally avoidant being open-hearted is hard so it's like working on being open-hearted you know like I, I don't know if you know this but there was a point through my tantra practice that I worked on my heart chakra I just did poses and postures on that for about a month or two to open up that part of me you know and it really made a difference you know focusing on love like even watching movies that uh, that have things like this like as a man to open up to the idea of love spending time to look at the beautiful things in life you know if you're going to go into the kind of masculine archetypes of the lover it's like focus on those things to bring more of that into your life because you know, we spend so much time working and, and worrying away, like 
being warriors in our lives and it detaches us from our emotions so to get back in contact with that and do that work to to feel more because that will open up the capacity to to kind of build the sort of relationship that you're that you're looking for mm. and i think just i know we're running out of time just very quickly um also a probably one of the, my biggest advice would be to be dating someone who is willing to learn and mm. willing to grow it's very interesting to be a coach and a matchmaker and an educator i see people on so many different you know levels of what they want to create and how ready they are to making it happen but it can often be like i want them to show up as this 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 like mr or mrs perfect and i'm like oh who is this human being you know can i please meet them i even say to them you know like i'm in a deeply loving and fulfilling romantic relationship and you know we're not 100 compatible you know when we met there was still a lot of work there is still a lot of work that we continue to do mm. but i think we both saw that it was like ah oh, we value growth and we have a willingness to learn accept you know take in to listen i think that's the biggest trait actually that would be like the most attractive for someone who is willing rather than being the ready product because you can work with them and even if they are perceived to be ready now whatever that looks like for you everyone changes you know in five years time so how can you grow with them i think that's the most yeah important yeah, yeah. thing really yeah not looking for the finished product i hear this a lot yeah. from people like this is the, the person i want to meet they need to do these things and, da, 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 da. and what you might realize is that there's a lot of people out there that just haven't come across certain maybe they've never i remember i did a, a live of a woman called katie phillips And she said this really well, how she, you know, she had this list of things she wanted in a man. And then she met her now husband and he wasn't a lot of those things. He wasn't spiritual. He wasn't like conscious. He wasn't doing all this yoga and all this. And, but he was willing. And mm -hmm. she goes, well, she wasn't obvious. She isn't, wasn't even obvious the first time he, they met. He had never come across these things. But as soon as she spoke to him about it, he was like, yeah, I'll try that. That sounds interesting. Oh, cool. He was open and willing. And in mm -hmm. fact, that is so much more important than finding someone who is the finished product, mm -hmm. um, is, is a willingness, you know, like some of the things that I was into when we first met, you would have been like, what the fuck is this guy doing? It's wild. Like, but she was willing and open to accepting, you know, and I think that is the most important thing, a willingness and openness to, 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 to life and to what you're interested in. Yeah. And I think that is all, as, as you've already touched on kind of underpinned by knowing your values, because if yeah. you, know, yeah. you know your values, then when someone says, do you want to try this? You can go, uh, yeah. Or, uh, no. And, and you can communicate why. And that is the best indicator is like, it's what I remember, David, when, when you and I sat down and we were planning the workshop that we did together, our mm. whole conversation was based around the question of how does that feel for you? And yeah. I think that's, mm -hmm. a, that's a powerful question as well. It's not yeah. like, what do you think? It's like, sit, take your time. What does that feel like? How does that actually feel when I say, let's do it on this? It's something as simple as like, let's do it on this date or let's call yeah. it this. Yeah. It's like, does that feel right? And, and it comes back to, you know, something we've talked a lot about before on the podcast and, and in the, the previous chats that we've had, David, around embodiment mm. and that, that somatic awareness, that awareness of the role your body plays in telling you things, because you need to yeah. have that before you can start listening to it and, and being able to say, oh, that, that thing that someone just said to me or the way that they just acted, that didn't feel right. It's like getting away mm. again from that, that cognitive you know, cerebral conditioned part of our brain to say, okay, they acted in a certain way, but actually that didn't feel that bad. Or they acted in a way that I thought I'd be okay with, but it actually felt really 
off. And so I think that is that is a real key. And it's that is very closely tied, in my opinion, to your, you know, your core values. Um, yeah. So, yeah, understand your core values, somatic awareness and you've cracked it. So, <laughs> um, guys, thank you so, so much. I am incredibly grateful. Um, how does that feel to me? That feels pretty bloody good. Um, yeah, I think that was uh, a pretty special conversation. So I'm, I'm so grateful for you guys coming on together. No, it's the first time you've, you've done this. So I appreciate your, your openness. Um, not that I'm surprised in any way by it, but thank you so much. And um, yeah, I can't wait to share this with people. And just before we go, you know, is there any, I guess, anything you guys have got coming up that you'd, you'd want to raise people's awareness of in terms of where people can find you, but also workshops and, and work that, that might be of interest to people listening? Um, yeah, so um, the best way to uh, find me is on Instagram uh, under the handle Coach with Orsa. And I frequently talk about different workshops and masterclasses uh, that we're doing. Uh, we do run Tantra workshops together, introductions for solo people and coupled people where we take them through different stages from an introduction to actually tantric massage. And we're doing a couples retreat as well, but I'm unsure when this comes out and whether it's worth, because it's literally in a few weeks time. Mm, yeah, so the, the couples retreat is yeah. on the, the 19th to the 22nd of July. And it's really about deepening intimacy. And, you know, we, we, and we're running the men's groups and yeah. we've together we've been running the uh, couples workshops. And really we're going to do a lot around bringing people closer together, helping with the communication and relationship helping people tune more into like love and romance and, mm. and intimacy, because I think that's something that a lot of people have lost in the last kind of year, especially if you've been in a long-term relationship through this lockdown period. Yeah. It's really an opportunity to celebrate our relationship rather than look, looking into trauma and things like that is to celebrate and be able to communicate uh, feelings and, uh, you know, desires um, as well. So yeah, we're very excited about that. Mm. And then I guess, for me to find me Instagram, you know, that's the place to find me. Um, the authentic man with an underscore afterwards. Um, best place to find me. We've got some workshops coming up together. I'm actually going to have some workshops coming up. Um, nothing's in the diary at the moment, but there's going to be some stuff I'm going to put in the diary very soon um, around, you know, men's workshops around communicating, connecting, intimacy, sex. I've got a sexual performance workshop that I'm definitely running again soon because it's always very popular. Um, so, yeah, there's plenty going on. Um, with us and us individually as well amazing yeah. well thanks again guys i really appreciate it thank, thank you. you thanks for having us if you made it this far thank you so much for listening i hope you enjoyed the episode if you are a fan of the podcast or enjoyed this episode, it would mean a huge amount to me if you could like, follow, subscribe, rate and review the podcast wherever it is you get your podcasts. Stay tuned for the next incredible episode of Man Down and I hope to see you soon.